Welcome to episode 29 of Q the Duck Boats podcast. This is a big episode. This is a fundamental episode. This is an episode where things change and they start tracking higher than they ever have before. Before I get into anything like that, before we really get deep here, Kevin, number 29. This is an easy one. Oh, Mr. Nathan McKinnon, Stanley Cup finals bound. You mean you mean future Stanley Cup champion, Nathan McKinnon. Ooh, but I know, I know our, true. I know our guest over there, our guest, or maybe something more. He's just clamoring to talk about what I just said. So I want to welcome on the Connor Green, our new third host of the podcast. Connor's going to be joining us from here forward. He's going to be our full-time member of the team, and there's going to be a lot of changes coming. But first, Connor, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. I am hyped to get back into the podcasting game and i'm glad it's with you too i'm ready to rock and roll baby i know we got some exciting things to lay out yeah i mean so from the start this podcast right we had like a lot of different ideas with it we originally were going to do hockey and football and cover baseball and all kinds of things and slowly like we realized kevin and i ourselves realized like you know that probably wasn't going to work because as much as we will touch on football still it just wasn't the essence of what this podcast was growing into and what inside the rink is who is our partners who we're both really, you know, a part of and really feel like we're core members of it. Right. So we wanted to kind of build this thing around something that could work and intertwine with inside the rink. And Connor really had been a part of this from the start as much as he wasn't on the podcast every week. He, he very much was a part of the essence of the podcast and what we were working on. And as the three of us had talked more and more, we had made the decision to bring Connor on full time. At the same time, we've decided that while we're still going to be a Boston centric podcast where we talk about the Bruins every week, we are going to take this podcast from here forward league wide. So imagine 32 thoughts, imagine spit and chicklets, imagine all your favorite hockey podcasts just better. And that's what Q's <laughs> plans to be. And you can laugh at that, but I mean it. Like I, we're going to take this podcast to another level. Um, on all social medias, live streams, our graphics, our merchandise, our clothes. Our plan is to take this podcast to the next level, and it starts tonight. Kevin, Connor, let's do this thing. Let's do let's it. rock and roll, boys. So we have some Bruins news to get right into. We, we really do. Um, obviously, we haven't talked in 18 days, it's been, since we released a podcast. We need a little break. It was a long season. We knew that some hammers were going to drop, and they did. And the biggest the hammer ones. Yeah, the, the biggest hammer dropped a couple of days ago. Um, I'll let you start it, Kev. How do you feel about Bruce Cassidy being fired? So we've gone back and forth on this a lot. And me, everyone will point to Bruce's winning percentage and what he did with not the greatest stars. But like we've talked about before, it's the message. And that was the biggest thing. It was just gone. Same thing happened with uh, Cloud Julian. It's just the message. Cloud. Cloud. Uh, yeah. It's just the message was lost and you just needed that new the new fire. You need the new spark to be to be lit. And that's what that's what's happened with Cassie. It's finally came full full circle and the boys just they didn't want to hear me anymore. And we all had David Backus has spoken out, Krejci's taking his shots. Everyone's come out of the woodworks to take their shot at Cassidy now that he's gone. So 
I'm kind of happy. Wait, have they? Like, they came out and t- took shots since he's gone, or like before? No, but I'm just saying, like over the course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like players they like they let how like they feel about Cassidy, and you gotta just gotta take that. It's Cassidy is who he is. He doesn't. He's not a players guy. It's Connor. See, Kevin, now I'm on the opposite side here. I don't know. I I hate the way that Bruce Cassidy was fired. I hate in it. The, in the sense of they told him he was still going to have his job in next season and then basically two weeks later fire him. That's pathetic in my opinion, but we can get into that in a minute. Yeah. But for Cassidy, if your coach is making it so that players don't want to play for your team, He's got to go. I don't care how good the coach is. If you get into a scenario where you can't re-sign players or players have trade requests because of your coach and you can't draw in free agents, that's a bad sign. Oh, I'm in total agreement with that. Exactly. 100%. Like, So my point in all this, right, and I know that, like, I didn't play. Like, I played high school hockey, right? I played my whole life till high school. But – a coach's message can be lost and a coach like Bruce, who is on his guys, who publicly calls his guys out in the media, that message wears thin. So I know from a fan's point of view and right, we are fans. I get it. But from most fans point of view, they look at Bruce, they see that he talked in the media. He gave people more information than previous Bruins coaches ever did. And what else did he do? He won games. He won a lot of games and That's great. And he's a great coach. He's a Jack Adams award-winning coach. He's going to go to another team and he's going to have success, but his time of success was done in Boston. And it's that simple. This move does not happen. If the Bruins players are not trickling in the sand and showing that they might want it to, there's no way it happens. That is one separate point to the fact that the way the Bruins did this is downright pathetic. And I agree with you with that, Connor. The fact that Bruce, who I trust, I trust him to be telling the truth, came out and said he was told everything was status quo and his job was safe as of a week ago. They allowed him to go forward and fire Kevin Dean. At the same time, you know he was probably reaching out to other guys trying to hire a new assistant coach as the representative of the coaching staff for the Bruins. To then have Don Sweeney go to his personal home and fire him is pathetic. To me, this all comes down from one person. And I think this one person is the essence of the problems in Boston right now. And that's Cam Neely. I know the old hardcore Bruins fans might not like to hear that, but it's the truth. If you can read a human, which I think I have a pretty good ability to do, Don Sweeney gave every single, every single signal that this was not his decision. He likes Bruce a lot and did not want this to happen. Whether I agree with that or not, means nothing because I'm not the GM of the Boston Bruins. I'm not sure that this Don Sweeney that we yell at and we're mad at all the time is, is the GM either. In reality, I think the puppeteer up top, Cam Neely's pulling the strings, trying to build his big, bad Bruins, but be a player's guy, but be tough and be fan friendly. And is not looking at how this looked publicly. The Bruins for the first time in my adult lifetime looked dysfunctional and that's not okay to this fan base. Connor, this I know is, you want to go. I can see this, it. This is the first time that you've really 
seen the fan base in an absolute uproar at the organization. Like there hasn't really been anything like this yet. Um, one of the other things that I want to, you know, throw out there to contextualize what you said about Don Sweeney and Cam Neely, Don Sweeney still doesn't have a contract extension, which so, I, I am not so confident with all the angry fans that he's getting one, but we'll see. And I know, I know he said he, I know, I know, right. Everyone I mean, said he was, but they told Bruce he had a job too, two weeks ago. So exactly. And I think that over everything, the Jacobs family only cares about the bottom the line fans putting money to the bottom line. And right now your fans are pissed at Don Sweeney and Cam Neely. One of them has got to go. I've been voting for Cam Neely to be gone for the last two years, just because you consistently see him pushing his thumb down on Don Sweeney and signing all of these Cam Neely esque players and I be Nick honest, Salino at three point eight million, Nick and then Salino, won't even buy him out. That's the yeah. That's how the Bruins announced they'll be making no buyouts. I'm like, great, <laughs> great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Great. Hey, <laughs> let's keep let's keep this squad, boys. Roll with it. And we're not. But, we haven't even touched on injuries yet. But keep going. I want to ask you two questions, and this is to the both of you on this subject. Okay. I'm going to ask them both, then get you know the two part answer. The first question is. To label a coach that has success, what round of the playoff do you have to get to to call yourself successful? And do you think that Don Sweeney is only still in the general manager's role because Cam Neely knows that he has control of him and he doesn't want to risk firing him and bringing in somebody else who's going to disagree and go on a different path? Kev, what do you you go first? Let me hear it. Yeah, for me, it's definitely you have to make it to the second round, even the third. But the thing, if you lose in the second, at least it's be game six or game seven. It's just you can't have first. I get we lost in game seven to Carolina, and there were a lot of players were playing injured and everything. But still, it's unacceptable. It's you have to contend. Like look at Lightning; they're about to three peat, possibly. Like that's insane. Like, and we can't even get out of the first round. Like. Now New York, they're in the third round. It's it's just come on, guys. Something's gotta give. Hey, Rangers are up one nothing right now, so I wouldn't get too crazy on the three feet. But I'll go. I said possible. I did add possible yeah. at the end of it. I changed. So, so we all know Colorado's winning. Wait, can you give me the first question again? My brain just my brain missed it. Uh Cam Neely, do you think that he keeps Sweeney as GM? Oh yeah. So he knows he has him under yeah, his thumb. Of course. Of course. So Cam is keeping Don Sweeney the GM right now because he can control him. I also, though, to answer the other part of your question, I don't think Cam's hiring anyone that he can't control. He is very a hands-on team president, right? And for a long time, like, I really did think Cam Neely was going to be the one. Like, I, I've been calling for Cam to turn this thing around. And now I'm starting to realize, like, maybe he's the problem. Obviously, like, the Bruins have some scouting issues too, right? And some, some like, who's directing the amateur Scouting personnel. See, now I've but had a tur- conversation know, with somebody. A bit. I know. Like, I have trouble. As much as I say that, like, their free agent signings have been pretty rock, rock solid and they've made some good picks. So, so, 2015 is what it is, right? But, like, you traded Yerho for Lindholm and Yerho is starting to look like a player. Zaboro looks like he might be a player. Jake DeBrusque is a player. 
So how much is this just Boston media over-exaggerating the draft? No. Really? But here's my thing. You can have good scouts, but if the general manager doesn't want to listen, like the Patriots. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Bill Belichick doesn't listen to his scouts, and he goes with players that he likes, and that's what it comes down to. So you can have the best scouts in the world. Uh, no, not when you pick Keneal Harry over like DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel. That's facts. But we can go down that path different day. But yeah, you can have scouts, but at the end of the day, it's your GM's the one making the call. They're the one making the pick. And, and it's it's actually not the GM in Boston. Like yeah. there was a lot of talk at the beginning of this season that they were gonna be switching up the draft table for the Bruins and kind of taking Cam Neely out of a primary role there and having a lot of say in who's drafted. Because if you look, if, if you look at it, you can tell that he's had input on it. Yeah. And even like at most of these drafts, other team scouts have commented on the Bruins picks saying that the Bruins think they are smarter than everybody else in the room. That was the Mason Lowry pick the Mason, but at the same time, Mason Lowry does look like he's going to be an absolute player. So we did. I'm happy with that one, but still, I mean, Trent Frederick, he was reached for. Do Trent I think, do I think Trent? Well, Johnny Beecher really wasn't a, really wasn't a reach. He was the 31st pick in the draft. Fair. <laughs> he, that's where he was Fair. supposed to go. He was an end of the first round, start of the second round guy. He had raw talent and they didn't ever know if he was going to put it together. We'll find out if he does, right? Freddie, again, like we can get on more further in the offseason. I think Trent Frederick is going to be a man on a mission without Bruce. I now, would, without, I even, sure, but. without even nitpicking certain players that they've drafted, here's in, a, in one sentence how you can sum up their drafting under Don Sweeney. They have been able to sign more skilled and talented undrafted free agents than players that they've drafted. Oh, I mean, I don't I, like, I mean, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Merkulov. Merkulov is their best center prospect at this know, point. Which is crazy that you say that. I really, I mean, got a hope oh, that Nico That goalie. Was it in Brandon Boozy? Yeah, he's supposed to be good. He's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the Bruins have pretty good college scouts. I think they do a pretty good job, and Don seems to make good picks at a college. Um, that's for sure. But if I'm Bruins, not mistaken, I believe yeah. that's like part of his, you know, front office career was college scout. Yeah, and he, he's if I'm not it. mistaken, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I, I mean, he's good at it. Bruins usually get good American college talent. It's something they're pretty good at. They're pretty good with. And like, just to touch on Trent, like I think we've all talked about this and it goes back into Bruce Cassidy, there are guys who are going to come out of their shell with a new coach, and that's for sure. I think Trent Frederick is going to be one of those guys. I really do. I'm hoping Jack Stadnika gets a long and true look and can be one of those guys who breaks out because Brad Marchand only says how good you look in the summer so many times because it's true, right? Like how many times have you heard Marshy say, like, Stadnika looks great? And Bergeron says that Nico looks great in the summer. And then like, he just doesn't get his true chance or he's just playing, not how he did down in Providence. It's like, I watched him play a lot in Providence. Never looks that way when he plays in Boston and the skill difference is big, but it's not that big. You know what I mean? Like he just looks like a different player. It's like, stop trying to grind to be who you are. And that's what, that's what I'm hoping we see out of this Bruins team. The only other thing I want to bring up to you guys that I noticed in from just reading Bruce's presser because I haven't got to see it. I don't know if you guys found a link. I couldn't. 
um, was that they asked him if he had ever been talked to about how he addressed players in the media. And he said Cam did. Cam did tell him to watch out how he addressed players. And essentially, I do think that's one of the major problems with Bruce and what really led to him losing some of the players in a way would be the call-outs in the media. Just wasn't ideal, I don't think. Especially with a team that's, you know, young team, but guys who had, you know, a guy like DeBrusque you're calling out. He had played in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> he had been an almost 30-goal scorer. Maybe give him a little more respect, you know, but – you know, it's hard to, like, really go on that. And now, hey, Connor, I'll let you jump on this one. What do the Bruins look like right now? Like, what's our last wrap-up on the Bruins for today? What do they look like at this moment in time? Uh, there's more questions than answers at this point, that's for sure. Um, starting the, the new season with basically half of your core players – being either injured or a question mark if they're going to resign is not ideal. Um, it's still going to be a question mark who we get behind the bench. Um, I feel like in these next two weeks, we're going to have an answer on Don Sweeney. He's either going to have a contract or not. They are not going to go into draft and free agent season with question marks at the general manager position, and they're not going to yank somebody in at the last minute like they did when they switched over from Shirelli to Sweeney because we all saw what happened that year in the draft. It, it just didn't work for anybody. So I think we're going to get the answers there. Um, and then I'm expecting the Bruins in the month of July to be probably one of the busiest teams in the league. I would put them up there with Chicago as the movers and shakers. They keep saying they keep saying it. They want to be a contender. They're not planning on blowing this thing up. So if they're not planning, they got to blow it up a little bit to be a contender. It's that simple. But if they want to be a contender, July is going to be when they show us. Because if they don't do anything, they're not going to be a contender. We don't know what's going on with Patrice Bergeron. Nobody knows. It's, it's really clear that is that. Like, nobody really knows. I personally think Bergeron might hang him up. I really do. But we really don't know. I, I, so I don't, I I don't think, want to speak on it. Like, we don't know. I think this is going to turn into another Tuka Rask situation. I think the Bruins are going to look at Bergeron. They're going to say, hey, we want you back as long as you want to come back. We will always sign you to a contract. Oh, of course, yeah, and it's up to him. And then they're going to say, we're going to go do what we need to do, and yep. whatever money is left over, if you want to come back, sign the check. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. They'll, they'll basically pay him whatever that they have left. But for me, if you're the Bruins and you want to be taken seriously and you want to be a contender, you probably need to make about three to four trades off of your roster. And I think you're going to be looking at a name like Vinny Trocek. You're going to have that Prius. You're going to have a Prius and a smart car potentially on the same line together. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, you know, like that's, that's a good joke. But, you know, like anyone would – they hockey players get along no matter what, how their battles were when they were in the same teams. That wouldn't be a problem. Bruins have to go get another center. Like no matter what, if Bergeron's coming back, you still need a number two center that can be your future number one. <coughs> Bergeron's like, coming back. No, Krejci is not – everyone was like, Krejci coming back for a day. Krejci's a fucking third-line center at this rate, at this point in time. Like I, I don't uh, know. He's way better than Charlie Coyle still. No, I don't, yeah. I don't care what so you say. So he's still our second-line center. I, I know, <laughs> I agree, but I don't like – Coyle to me is just 
I don't know. He, it's crazy because Coyle had his best season in like the last four. So like, in yeah. an ideal situation, Charlie and Rose I know, really good third line center. and I know you always call it the NHL 22 theories that I yeah. come up with, <laughs> but this off season yeah. compared to others is loaded with center talent. If you look at it, Sean Monahan's on the market. Mark Shifley's on the market. Evgeny you Malkin. have you have Evgeny Malkin, Vinny Trocheck, Nazem Kadri. The Bruins all don't like free agents. Don't, don't get surprised. We're not going to get Malkin. So, like, you have so many options available to go out and make something work. I think it's going to come down to the Bruins go and pick their guy at center. And they lock him in. And it's going to be not Krejci and it's going to be not Bergeron. Yeah. And if no, Krejci like, decides that, you know, holy shit, DeBrusque is still here. Pasta is still here. Bergeron's coming back on a league minimum deal. I'm going to come back on a league minimum deal. Welcome back. You have people to trade. Bergeron as your first line center. Fill in the blank trade or free agent center in your second line. You slot Krejci in to your third line center and put Coyle and Smith on his wings. You throw Marshy and DeBrusque on the first line and then Hall and Pasta on your second line with that center. In, in that exact you have, moment, you no longer suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then if anything happens, but, you have Coyle readily, readily available if one of Hala. your centers goes down. What about Halla? You're going to have a fourth line of Freddie, Halla, and probably uh, everybody's favorite yeah. candy corn connoisseur, Nick Felino. So Nick Felino is going to be on the fourth line, and he brings a lot to the locker room, so whatever, right? You can't keep Freddie on the damn fourth line. That's where it's like, if you ever want to see him excel, he needs to move up. If we want to get young, which they keep saying we want to get young, we can't do what we're talking about here. It, it, so like that, right, as much as it sounds good, are we in that scenario just delaying the inevitable? Yeah. That's what yeah. they're doing regardless. I know. If I know. they it's don't like, want to uh, trade. One I finally have players. some peace. Like I finally have a peace where I'm like, fuck it. Let's ride. Like, let's see what we can do here. You know what I mean? But oh, I was doing so good. 22 minutes, no swears. Now the nieces Sorry, and nephews can't listen. Yeah. <laughs> that was only one though. That was only one. But I, I don't want to just like, just go Bruins, 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 Bruins. Like we're going to have a whole summer of this. So I think we kind of cut the Bruins talk here until we get some more news. I want to jump into some of the some of these, you know, the two series that are left and who we think is going to win Lord Stanley's mug. Currently, right now in game five, we have the Lightning and the Rangers tied up 1-1 at the end of the second. So really nothing to sway our opinions. That series is completely tied. And we'll jump into the easy one first, though. Colorado and the Oilers. How'd you guys feel about that one? Kev, how'd you feel? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. But uh no, it was good. Like those last couple games when they were the OT and stuff. But abs are just whacked, dude. They're just so good. It's crazy. It just even with your backup goalie in there in the Western Conference Finals, you're out there winning for nothing. Like they're just superior to everything. Like top down. It's and my car is just oh my god, that kid's just unreal. Five points in game four. Yeah, like first <sighs> ever like uh defenseman in NHL history in an elimination game to have five points. Like only two of the people did it. One of them was Gretzky. Like, crazy. You think they're going to win the cup? I do. That's a safe bet. Me too. I'll do it. I think they're such a wagon. Like, I just, that series I, is not how I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a seven-game dogfight, and the abs came out and just blew the doors off them. The avalanche are good. 
they're really good. They need goaltending to be healthy, but the abs are good. Connor, I know you don't think the abs are good. I know. I can see you shaking your head. But I, the abs, I think are going to win the cup. Connor, here you go. Let's hear your time. Run wild. So I was on a different podcast earlier this week as a oh. guest appearance. Humble brag. Humble and brag. I thought of this when it was too late. And I was so upset that I didn't get to bring this argument to the table when we had this conversation. <clears throat> so I went and I looked at all of the Colorado Avalanche games so far in the playoffs. Of course, you fifty percent of their games they let in three goals or more. Fifty percent of their games in the playoffs, three they goals. They scored thirty against shit goaltending. They haven't played great goaltenders. Vili Huso. Come on. You're joking. No. They're not facing the greatest goaltending. The West, the Western Conference is the wild, wild West, if you will. Dude, Mike Smith's elite, bro. It's just run and gun hockey that they've been playing. They haven't been playing, you know, the shutdown defensive teams with the best goaltenders in the league between the pipes. And that's exactly what the avalanche are going to run into in the next round. If they have to rely on being able to score three or more goals to win a game, I don't think they're going to win a seven game series. And I don't even have to pick a team. All I'm going to say is they they're not, they won't win a seven game series against Igor Shesterkin or Andre Vasilevsky. If that's how they have to win games. Oh, Swiss cheese Shesterkin. Yeah, I don't know about Shesterkin. They're chinks in that armor. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know. I, I just – I really have confidence in the Avs offense. Like, I just think they have the superior top-end talent and they have better defense. But Nazem Kadri's gone. That's now, the problem. That's the now problem. your whole is lineup Kadri is – gone, gone? Is he out for the rest of the playoffs? He's out for the remainder of the playoffs. He had Did surgery on his thumb. Uh, two to yesterday. three days ago, I believe. I'm so out of touch with what happens in the West. Um, I'm gonna have to get better with that going forward here. I'm gonna have to but use yeah, that he had thumb surgery. Skill. Yeah, that's major. That is hard for me to argue that. Codger's a so, big reason. He's it's major. To like put it in perspective for most of the yeah. so here's the, fans the deal. Here, if they're playing Tampa, I'll probably change my mind. I'm an open mind changer, even without Braden Point. <laughs> like I'd probably change my mind if they're playing Tampa. But if they're playing the Rangers, I just have this weird feeling the Rangers are going to just – they're going to freak out. They're not going to be able to live up in that moment. Do you agree? No? You think the Rangers – you think the Rangers no. are there your pick? You think the Rangers are going to win the Cup? So I will preface this with saying I picked them as my Dark Horse Cup winner before the beginning of the year. So I'm slightly biased because I'm rooting for them. But if they make it to the Stanley Cup final – they're really playing on house money at that point. I know people don't like to play on house money. now. I don't, I know people don't like to use that term, but they are like, nobody expected them to be here. That's why it was a dark horse pick for me. Did you put any money on that? I did not. But I believe one of my buddies and a mutual friend of Jake and I did. I'm not sure because it was uh, on Puckline's podcast uh, with Andrew and I back in the day. I believe he did, but I'm not sure. Um, but for me, I don't know. I, I don't think it matters. I think there is enough playoff talent 
on the Rangers to come through. They're deep as all hell. I mean, if you wanted to find another team as deep as the Avalanche, I think the Rangers are probably deeper than Tampa Bay at this point. Tampa Bay losing their whole third line really killed that team. Tampa's just resilient. They're just so resilient. They're so tough, and they just keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with any of your points you're making, right? The final three teams in the NHL are always really good. Oh, shit. Any, any of them could win. They really could. Like, I don't know, but I, I'm going with the Avs. My pick are the Avalanche. I'm going with the Avs. We have to give a pick right now. I'm I, going Avs. I would, I'm just going to take whoever wins the Eastern Conference final. That's fair. I, I believe you, it comes you, you down have, to the best goaltending. I think you have a – that's – Fair and just, considering we are picking a team that's already in the cup. So Kevin and I are both going abs. You're going east, like kind of like football team, like the Washington football team. You're going with the east, east hockey team. That's who Connor picks. <laughs> and Kevin and I are going avalanche. I can't wait to make that tweet. How do you feel about the Oilers now in the fallout? And that's kind of our last topic, right? But before we do that, before we get into the Oilers, I'm just going to give you a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA. They might even have the Live Golf League and NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. It's going to be their 28th year soon. Sign up for BetUS.com with promo code RINK. That's R-I-N-K if you didn't know how to spell RINK. For a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code Rink again, that's R I N K for you who are have the trouble with spelling. I'm not talking about you, Berkey. Just try to use Grammarly. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. Betus.com. Connor, the Oilers this offseason. Think some dominoes are going to fall. Vander Kane's post today on social media looked like a goodbye. Looked like a see you later. Yeah, I mean, that was the equivalent of. Uh... Tom Brady posting the picture, you know, on the runway to the field, you know, I mean, that was a, I think a he's Yoke hanging Nicea. up to become a bookie or something. Maybe a card shark. Oh, he played for the sharks already. That didn't go well. <laughs> you know, the Oilers are a conundrum. I guess you could say they have the pieces on their team to be great, to beat the Calgary flames who were the best team. In the playoffs? Yeah, they kind of ran into some injury trouble, but yeah. that's, a, that's a topic for later this summer. Um, I feel like the Oilers were really a goalie away from being something legitimate. They just, at the end of the day, Mike Smith couldn't keep the puck out of the net. I mean, what do you expect from a goalie who's 40-plus years old? I mean, that's just to be expected. Mike Smith was never, you know, the all-star goalie like a, a Tuka Rask and Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, even a Brian like Elliott in his prime. He yeah, wasn't we, the guy anywhere. I mean, Mike Smith has played for the Coyotes for yeah. a while, but yeah, he's um, never really been the guy. It sounds like he's thinking on retiring, which good on you. It's time in my opinion. Miko Koskinen uh, is reportedly headed to the KHL, according to some KHL sources. He's not going to re-up with the Oilers, and he's going to bounce. You have Thank some you. big – you have KHL sources? Not my what? sources. Sources oh, – so people that I've <laughs> I seen who get, have their sources. I was trying to get a hookup for the Russian gas, but all right. Uh, I mean, I might know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just paid five seventy nine a gallon yesterday. 
Oh, that you just absolutely missed. We, and we, we do didn't buy actually Russian gas. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't actually mean gasoline, but that's okay. Oh. You can keep going, Connor. We'll we'll tell you after the episode. That might not be a conversation for the children. No, I mean I can explain. So the Russian gas. So in the KHL, if you're like injured, if you're hurt, if you're tired, if you're hungover, they literally in all the locker rooms have like in your stall a tank of some sort of gas and a gas mask. And all the Russian players just put it on before they go out on the ice. And it's some sort of like methamphetamine. <laughs> and like, they, no, like these guys come over and they tell stories. Like the first time, like they go over there and they, they hit the Russian gas for the game. They all think they can be like NHL all-stars again. And then like after a week of doing it, they realize they're just addicted to meth. So like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really work out. But yeah, that's wild. Broke yeah, your hand because you got thing. slashed. Yeah. Russian gas. gas. Like that. Like Forget about it. it. Yeah, it's just like long needles and Russian gas, and these guys are just like playing through anything. Like in, in the KHL, like if you get hurt, like there's no like paycheck, so like you have to like just you have to play through. I hope like Russia doesn't come and blow up my house right now because I'm saying this. I know they're probably listening, but prayers for Ukraine. <laughs> Keep going. What were we even talking about? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for more of this. We're talking about our merch. Like we just guys, we just came out Ooh. with our Q the Pride shirts. They are our rainbow duck boat shirts, and we've currently sold zero of them. If we can start to sell some, and we in can all break fairness, even. they've been up less than five hours. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, if we can start to sell some, I would love to personally make a donation of any profit that would come to me to some sort of LGBTQ group. I don't. I mean, if someone could reach out to me and let me know of some good charities that support people in that community, I'd love to donate my portion of what would come to that group. And that would be awesome. Um, and we're just going to be having a lot more cool merch coming out. And that's a way that helps us keep the lights on. It helps us keep the show going. So buy our merch. We're going to change a lot of things going forward with how merch looks and things like that. We're going to make it better. We're going to make the checkout process easier and inside the rink. So just stay tuned for all that. But as, as much as we have like a little merch out, we're really going to be getting a lot. So stay tuned for that. And um, if you have any merch ideas, just DM us and let us know. If you have any ideas for where you want the show to go, what you want us to talk about, DM us and let us know. If you want more live streams, DM us and let us know. If you want to know just, you know, where Kevin lives, just DM us and let us know. We'll give you his address. Like all those things are accessible. If you're a fine female who is of legal age and wants to go on a date with Kevin, DM let us, us and let us let know. Us know. <laughs> Connor and I are both very much spoken for, but Kev, Kev's a man on the prowl. So just DM us and let us know. And I think that wraps up episode 29. Thank you guys for listening. This was a lot of fun and there's going to be a lot more where this came from. Give us a follow at Q the Duck Boats pod with a Z. Maybe if we keep growing, I can get the Z removed. Maybe I'll have enough money to buy Q the Duck Boats with an S. Who knows? Thanks, guys. Da-na, na-na, da-na.